Welcome once again to Countdown to Eternity. This week, Pastor James Cadiz and Greg Denham sit down together and talk about the changes happening all over the world and how they serve as a reminder that God's Word is true. We need to be ready ourselves because Christ can come at any moment. Here's James and Greg with today's episode. Well, hello, my dear brothers and sisters. I want to welcome you to another very, very special episode of Countdown to Eternity. The great Don Stewart is not with us, as you will eventually find out. He is a little under the weather as his back is challenging him a little bit. But guess what? You are in amazing hands because we are with another great one, Pastor Greg Denham. He is a man that I deeply respect and look up to. He is undoubtedly one of us. He has ministered to me tremendously over the years. I get a lot of wisdom out of his mouth. It is a blessing. His heart is turned towards the Lord, and you are going to be in for a treat because he loves Bible prophecy, and he knows it well. So, Greg, first of all, let's start with this. How are you doing, my dear brother? I'm doing fantastic, and I, I've been looking forward to being with you, and I'm so sorry that uh, Don could not be with you. But, hey, listen, it's a blessing for me. You know, it's a blessing for me, James. And, and what better topic to address, right? Everything is unfolding uh, towards the king. Jesus won the war. Uh, he's creating all things new in himself. We're living in unique times. And I think, you know, times of opportunity. So let's, let's dive in and get a sense of discernment of the times in which we live for the purpose to live our full potential to the Lord's glory. I'm looking forward to it. Amen, bro. I couldn't agree with you more. And I want to start off by saying something, because this is something that's been sort of on my heart for a while. And, you know, I always used to say Jesus is coming soon. As a matter of fact, my whole life and my whole ministry, I've been saying Jesus is coming soon. And over probably the last few weeks, I have uh, begun to enter into the habit of removing that phrase from my list of phrases and I am now using a new phrase, and that is, Jesus could come at any second. And the reason why I'm saying it is because every time I say Jesus is coming soon, listen, we know that's true, but I don't think it communicates the sense of urgency necessary in order to kind of bring people into the reality of what we're facing from day to day. I believe that at any second Christ could come from his church and it's that sense of urgency that I think we need to talk about today. You gave me an amazing list of uh, insight and ideas for what we would talk about. And I'm just going to cut you loose on it, Greg, because there is so much related to this issue and so much that I think we as pastors are obligated to let the church know concerning. Uh, James, thank you so much. Well, first of all, James, I, I think one of the most important questions to ask ourselves is what's the context of the times in which we live I mean, the reality is it is totally unique than any other time in human history. That's just a flat out fact. That's not to suggest to say that, you know, what we're seeing is completely unique. But here's what I mean by totally unique. We are a global community more interdependent than ever before with the stakes only getting higher. That is just a flat out fact. And in addition to that, uh, look, if we ask the question, okay, are, are we like in the times like of 1934 with this, you know, imperial cult leader by the name of Hitler, you know, taking uh, the stage or beginning to take the stage there in Europe? Well, um, the answer is no. I mean, that was incredibly evil. Uh, we actually uh, see the shadows 
of not a, I'm going to call Hitler a, a, a like a little Antichrist. He was. We actually see the shadows of a really big Antichrist. And say, so, so what do you mean by that? Here's what I mean. All, all the crazy dictators that are demonically inspired throughout history would love, would love the leverage and the catalyst. Yaakov, and by the way, if I James is my dear friend, so I call him Yaakov at times, which means James, but also means Jacob. my name in Hebrew. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So the thing is, is that they would love the leverage that technology is affording today, James. They would love the chipping capability. They would love the artificial intelligence, right? They would love the electronic uh, currency. Why? Because they could control the masses, right? We see... Terrible moral upheaval, James, the, the Antichrist is identified as the lawless one. Isn't that interesting, James? The lawless one. In other words, he opposes everything that is of God. He opposes it. And law is purpose to protect us and bless our lives. So we are seeing increasing lawlessness today. It's setting up, uh, you know, for, you know, Hitler, oh my goodness, I mean, no, no words are enough. And we remember our dear Jewish friends in the Holocaust. But the thing is, is that the world is being set up for a big antichrist. But James, here's the thing. At the same time, from chaos can come incredible clarity, James, and um, course correction, okay? Yes, the Lord is coming for his church. He could come at any time. And I totally believe in the rapture which is by nature the, a resurrection in preparation for the return and reign of Jesus. Thank God for that, right? One day, the Lord ruling and reigning on planet Earth. But we see just terrible breakdown in our world. We need to be discerning of that. At the same time, I would just say, James, that we need to be proactive and not allow these chaotic times to get us off course to what the Lord has called us to. But James, I, I just want to say one more thing, and then let's, I, I just want to just say something, and then I want to ask you, you something, if I could. And that is Psalm 2, mm -hmm. which is this great messianic psalm, and, and it you know, speaks of Jesus the King, really gives us an authoritative diagnosis for the breakdown. You know, why do the nations rage? People thinking vain things, which is like no cumulative value whatsoever. Why the breakdown? Why the opposition to Mashiach, the, the Messiah? And uh, there's a picture that you can get in Hebrew that essentially the core problem is man is just what? Seeking to defy Almighty God, which sounds so simple, but it's like, no, we don't want God to own us, so to speak. We're not going to recognize the Creator. And then it says, James, that the Lord speaks in His wrath. Now, it's like when my dad used to get upset, I love my dad so much, he's still alive. But as kids, when you get upset, his nose would flare a little bit. It's like, oh, no, because he's upset. Okay, but what do we think of? We think of wrath. Wrath is the consequence of being outside the will of God. Wrath is the cumulative consequence, kind of like a snowball, of that storing up wrath. And wrath is also when God crushes, he, he judges evil that's going to happen. That's the battle of Armageddon. And the ultimate evil is that you have this Antichrist who is declaring himself to be God. So you have a man who thinks he's God, and he's yes. requiring the world to worship him. Thank God Jesus judges that. But James, 
look, if in the beginning is replaced with in the beginning matter, right? Then it's like nothing really matters. We're a byproduct of mindless nature and therefore merely complex machines and nothing more. Then we're merely complex machines that run on chemicals and so forth. And, um, and since uh, we're just byproducts of mindless nature, uh, then at best we're educated beefsteak and there's no authoritative meaning to life and man thinks he's God. That's what we're seeing today, James. And yet the Lord has a calling for us, does he not, to live yep. in these unique times? Yeah, and that's the movement that exists right now, and we are going in that direction. Um, I have oftentimes uh, played a series of videos to people that effectively demonstrate this, right? There is so much satanic inspiration that exists within the context of so many of these conclusions that people are coming to. Uh, perhaps uh, one of the most uh, remarkable pictures that can be drawn from this is the trans movement that exists right now. And when I talk about the trans movement, I'm talking about the trans human movement, the movement that says uh, we will remove our consciousness of God by becoming God ourselves. And uh, perhaps one of the most remarkable examples of somebody who is encouraging this and at the forefront of this is this guy, Yuval yeah. Harari, Yep. who stands behind the World Economic Forum. He is one of Klaus Schwab's closest advisors. And look at what he is saying in a literal church. He is saying this in a church. Mind you, when he's talking about this, he is in a church audience and people are praising him and clapping for him. Listen to what this guy has to say. It will make you sick. That the next big projects of humankind will be to overcome old age and death, to find the keys, the secret to happiness, and to basically upgrade humans into gods. Okay, now I want to just simply say this before I move on. He says that the next uh, step is to find happiness, right, is to unkey basically eternal life. Understand the kind of fake that's being introduced here, right? right. He's literally telling everybody that um, we can now become gods. This right. is all the very same thing we witnessed in the garden. Listen to what he continues to say. This is why the title Homo Deus, God-Man. And I don't mean it as a kind of literary metaphor. I mean it in, as in, in the literal sense that for thousands of years, humans have imagined gods in a particular way. They ascribed particular abilities and qualities to gods. And we are here in a church, and the walls are full of these descriptions of what God can do. Then he's going to end up making an argument, which I don't want to continue to give him a platform, but he's going to make an argument for why uh, this is such an important issue uh, and, and that we can actually become better than God because God can't produce virtual reality and we can. What he doesn't realize is that virtual reality and artificial intelligence is a construct of perhaps the most complicated mechanics in existence, and that's the neurological infrastructure that God created within mankind. So it, it's remarkable to hear this kind of demonic inspiration. And then, as you said, um, there is a concerted effort right now represented amongst mankind where uh, people are going out of their way right now to take on roles that we know that the final Antichrist himself 
was uh, going to take on. And there is uh, another video that I have played with some regularity, right? Um, it just it just depends on you know how often uh, people are watching my videos. But I am constantly playing the video of that central banker who's talking about the fact that he's going to enforce uh, basically what people can buy and what they can do based on digital currencies. So we're seeing this everywhere. It's coming. We are in absolutely a completely different time than we ever have seen. We've never seen anything like this before. And it's absolutely unbelievable. It is unbelievable. Listen, let's go back to Harari for a second. He's a Jew. He's a descendant of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And uh, we have a responsibility as followers of Jesus to live a life that embodies the, the worship of the Lord God of Israel that the Lord would use to help provoke our Jewish friends to jealousy. But let me, why am I bringing this in? Well, look, let's talk, let's talk prophecy here because the Bible tells us, you know, Paul was here, I'd convince, I'm convinced he would say, look, one of the, my motivations, if I could be so bold to speak on behalf of Paul and say, but it's implied, one of my motivations to bring the truth of the Lord God of Israel to the nations, of course, he was called to do so, was he believed in doing so, it would be incredible leverage to provoke the descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob to the truth. They would, they would turn to Jesus. There'd be the fullness of the Gentiles. How do we interpret it? The gospel going throughout the entire world. Ultimately, though, Israel descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the land of Israel, turning to Jesus as Messiah, are saved. Israel as a nation lives her full potential. I'm saying all of that. To, to me, that's a, that's a broad kind of scope. It's true. But to Harari, look, he's a descendant of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Let me put him in a theological framework. Obviously, he's not a believer. And Paul would say in Romans 9, hey, you know, salvation is not of a race. It's by grace in the Messiah of Israel who paid it all for us on the cross. But, but So he's not a believer. I hope that he repents. I hope he repents of his sin. I hope he repents of his lifestyle and his doctrine because, I mean, he is being a tool, to be frank with you, to promote actually what the Antichrist will leverage the world with. But, but my point I'm going to get to is simply that, James, look, we know the Lord is coming. At the same time, we have a responsibility. Let's, let's not kick the can down the road in, in terms of just say, okay, we know the Lord's coming, and we know ultimately He brings judgment, no doubt about it. But the point is, is that we are called to be proactive and to bring the gospel, continue to do so, be super proactive to bring the gospel to our neighbor, to the Jew and the Gentile, absolutely essential, because we play a role, right, in actually our Jewish friends ultimately coming to the Lord. Of course, at the end of the tribulation, we know, you know, that they're looking upon him whom they pierce. But look, my point is, it's evil. You know, things are intensifying. At the same time, we need to remain proactive and not lose sight of the playbook to the Jew first and the Gentile. Not kicking, in other words, just don't kick the can down the road. Let's be proactive, pray for this Harari guy, and also, of course, stand courageously with what the truth is in our time. Yeah, amen. And, and I keep going back to the understanding that the Lord can come back at any second. Yes. We continue to see evidence of it again and again and again and again. And if you stop for a moment and reflect upon 
the kind of things that we're watching emerge, it's unbelievable. I, I have a report that I am working through right now that was produced by Forward Observer. They are probably the cream of the crop when it comes to intelligence gathering, um, available to the private sector. And I'm, I, 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 I oftentimes go to them and they finally produced a report that I have been waiting for for a long time. This is almost a hundred page report on the gathering of the World Economic Forum in Davos. Okay. And what they do in this report is they give us uh, immense notations on the different panels that went on and many of the things that they were uh, discussing. And virtually everything that they are discussing right now, literally everything that they are discussing, has everything to do with what we read about that's going to happen in the Bible. Yeah. If you just look at the panel discussions related to geopolitics, look look at some of these items, right? Deglobalization, global collaboration villages, uh, global cybersecurity outlook, restoring security and peace, which, by the way, don't let the phrase restoring security and peace kind of take you off guard. That phrase, uh, restoring security and peace, means restoring and restoring security and peace in Ukraine as a model for how the global economy should work. Wow. They are using Ukraine as the Petri dish for how they want the rest of the world to work. Why? Because they all have their hands in it. Why do you think the United States of America is so involved in it? Because the deep staters are fighting tooth and nail against the globalists. And what they don't realize they're doing is they're both working hand in hand to accomplish the purposes of the final Antichrist who's on his way, right? This is an interesting one. The Middle East, this one is shocking, by the way, if you look at the notes that the analysts did on this one. The Middle East, meeting point or battleground? Uh, the first place I think of is Harbigido. That's yeah, the right. first place I think of when I when I look at a, a, a title like this. Right. I mean, this is material for the next probably 15 monologues to go. But the, the whole point behind it is, we are already there. We are undoubtedly in the last days, Greg. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I, you know, if I were to summarize this real quick, Yakov, I love your thoughts on this. But, um, you know, summarize, okay, Armageddon, to me, a c campaign, nations of the world coming against Jerusalem to fight the Messiah, the Mashiach, the anointed one. I mean, just this ultimate evil play. I mean, the reality is that the spirit of lawlessness is a strategic spirit, if you will, that has been working, you know, for, you know, in amidst the centuries and thousands of years to lead man to this place of deception. There's no, no doubt about it. Um, but the, the, the good news is, Yaakov, as you well know, the Lord judges it, right? So evil ultimately does not prevail. That's great. Now, in the meantime, I'm just going to say, yeah, like the Lord could come anytime. All I'm saying is, in the meantime, we are salt and light. So we, we need to be courageous to speak the truth. Only truth sets people free. You know, I think of what Jesus said, lawlessness will abound, love of many shall wax cold. You know, uh, as, as we approach his return, we see this, we all know this, you know, on just global scales with the devalue of human beings beginning in the womb. And, um, you know, as you know, James, we, we are both on a thread with a bunch of pastors who are real wonderful fighters that love Jesus, but also aim to embody being salt of preserving influence in the times in which we live and light, meaning doing good works. I mean, you know, you're in front of city councils and, and same with me, like we're, we're in the fight. So 
yeah, like this hope of the Lord's return purifies us. I think it, what it does is like it, it course corrects us as it should. At the same time, listen, I just want to say to everyone listening, let's, let's be proactive, but at the same time, remember, rest in the Lord because he has won the war. He judged sin, okay, and he took our sin, and in his resurrection and demonstration, he's creating all things new in himself. And I'm just saying all this because, James, look, we live in the most miserable generation. Unhappiness and depression are soaring. You got moral chaos that is setting up for a totalitarian play, right? But at the same time, like Paul said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Like we can learn to be content, which simply means there is a God sufficiency in right relationship with our Heavenly Father in Christ. And that that contentment equation is who you know and how you think. It's not based upon your circumstances, and it's not based upon your possessions. So it's like from chaos can come clarity and courage, you know, godly character, and seizing opportunities that are before us, because um, the best is yet to come. <laughs> yeah, amen. So look, Greg, I always do this uh, with Don. I always give Dawn the last few minutes of the show. We have roughly two and a half minutes left. Okay. And I want to leave it with you. I want to give you the last word. Okay, so I'm going to give you two and a half minutes because here's perhaps the most pressing questions. And you mentioned this to me earlier. Sorry. And that is, how do we prep for this, right? And I know that that's a loaded question, but it is important to bring this out because there are people that listen to us that don't know the Lord. There are people who listen to us that do know the Lord, but still feel somewhat helpless. Like, how do I prepare? And I know that we choose faith over fear, but how do we prepare anticipating the coming of the Lord? You've got about two minutes and 15 seconds. Yeah, so uh, thank you so much, James. Wonderful being with you, and I love you. Let me just say this. Jesus said he stands at the door and knocks, and if anyone would hear his voice and open the door, he'll come in. Obviously a metaphor, but let me just say this. To anyone listening, the Lord is in the room with you. He loves you. I'm so glad you're listening to this program. The question is, have you opened the door to embrace Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior? You say, well, how do we even do that? Recognize what he's done for you. It's like God not only made you, but he's revealed himself in his son who hung, bled, gave his life on the cross, a demonstration of love. He resurrected from the dead. Listen, no honest historian could ever deny the radical evidences of resurrection. It's Jewish history. He's alive, and he wants to come into your life. You were made to have relationship with the Father. That is the emptiness that you're knowing. That's why there's that core instability is because of an absence of relationship. So recognize what he's done for you. The Bible says we need to repent. Jesus said need to repent. It means a course correction, a U-turn in life. Turn from the greatest sin of all, which is refusing Jesus, and call upon him. He really is just a prayer away. Those who call upon the Lord shall be saved. Look, Yaakov, in answer to your question, that is the foundational like uh, reality that has to be at play to live in the times in which we live and as we approach eternity. And of course, that's what this program is all about, countdown to eternity. So my friend, open the door, embrace Jesus Christ, call upon him, and, and call upon the, the true Jesus, the one who hung, bled, gave his life, resurrected, and is coming again. And he'll hear that prayer. 
Yeah, amen and amen, bro. And your words are powerful. They are important. I cannot add anything to that. And folks, I would greatly encourage you to take heed to the words that Greg just shared. They are valuable. They are important. And folks, we are out of time. So I got to tell you, we sincerely hope that you enjoyed watching this and listening to it as much as we've enjoyed making it. We love you guys with all of our hearts. And thank you for joining us as we continue to count down to eternity. Remember, Jesus can come at any second. We love you so much. And may our great God and Savior richly, richly bless you. We love you guys. You're listening to Countdown to Eternity with Pastors James Gittes and Greg Denham. Greg is the pastor of the Rise Church in San Marcos. Hear this program by podcast wherever you like to listen to your favorite podcasts and at CountdownToEternity.com. That's Countdown, the number two, Eternity.com. Catch the video version on the Calvary Chapel Signal Hill YouTube channel. Pastor James is very active on social media these days. You can watch his live shows and video blogs on Facebook, Instagram, Rumble, or YouTube. Follow Countdown to Eternity, Educating Our World, and James Cadiz. And again, subscribe to the Calvary Chapel Signal Hill channel on YouTube. Your financial and prayerful support means a lot to us. It helps us do what we do. So if you believe the Lord is leading you to give to the ministry, simply visit CountdownToEternity.com. We'd also welcome your feedback. Maybe you have a question about the end times. Send it over to us. We'd love to hear from you. Who knows, maybe we'll address it on a future program. You can do that at CountdownToEternity.com. Countdown, the number two, Eternity.com. Then come back next week as we continue the Countdown to Eternity. This program is brought to you by Calvary Chapel, Signal Hill.